And hello everyone, welcome back to Top of the Card, the four-person wrestling podcast that is not timely but is opinionated bi-weekly with wrestling news and opinions and all that fun stuff. It is over on Spotify, it is on iTunes, it is wherever you're listening to this, Google Play, all that stuff. You can go find it there, you can also find us on Frontline League on Twitter, as well as Frontline Prediction League on Instagram. It's Frontline underscore Prediction underscore League, because who knows what Twitter's going to be in the future, you can also follow us on there. Go through those into our Discord. See all sorts of fun stuff on that. I am your co-host, Scott. Joining me, as always, is Red. I'm leading you with you, Red, because you made the Instagram and the Twitter and all that fun stuff. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. I got a 10-minute uh, nap in, so I should make it 45 minutes out of the hour into it <laughs> and not start drifting off. But, uh, yeah, with the Instagram and Twitter, I just... It's become a lot more work than it needs to be, but I'm willing to do it. I think it's a great thing to do, so I need to get back on the podcast Twitter and make it active again, though. What about making a uh, podcast Instagram, maybe? Because that Frontline Prediction League is over there. I didn't see a top of the card. Frontline Prediction League is all one and the same for our stuff, realistically, but maybe a top of the card Instagram, because uh, it's one, one Discord server for everything. Our podcast, this, and our Prediction League, that, so... Could be something to look at there. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, it, any other socials we need to work out for that? I think that's all for now, right? That That's good enough? That's it for now, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we also have Bear Me. Bear Me, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Scott. I'm doing better than Twitter has been these past couple of days. <laughs> it's it has, it has been raining here. It's storming a little bit, but it's doing all right. It's cooling off. So, But how are you doing? Uh, not cooling off. It is hot. It is muggy because it has been rainy. I swear I went outside three or four different times today to let my dog out, and it felt like a different day every time. Like, the weather's just been weird. And hell, wasn't yesterday, I thought I saw this report, yesterday's the hottest day recorded on the planet with the total temperatures from around the world. Like, yeah, yeah, but global warming, which that literally is, is, is not a thing. Oh, good, okay. Uh, no, but good otherwise, you know, <laughs> it's, it's summertime. Yeah, it's good, but, uh, it's too hot. It, to that note, if people hear a little fan running, that's because they have a little fan running because it's so hot. So there you go. Uh, but GMSG, you're also here. How are you doing? Uh, this is the most confusing Monday of my life, even though it's a Wednesday. I was about to say, <laughs> it's not a Monday. <laughs> Everyone in my house thinks it's a Monday. I thought it was a Monday like six times today. It is really weird for a holiday with 4th of July being a Tuesday. Um, ironically, fear me, your weather is a little nice there. Uh, it's going to be really bad for me in about three hours. So, yay! I just had a holiday Monday because Canada Day was on the first. We get the Monday off to follow, so I had a three-day weekend. No weird middle day off like that. Because like, you had Tuesday off, right? For you guys? I had a four-day weekend. Same. No, is that because of time, or you just your work was like, nah? I, I took Monday off. Oh, okay. I got lucky. <laughs> it was a day off. There you go. But uh, let's let's look forward to what we've got here, because we've got a lot to talk about, and ironically, it deals with the UK and stuff like that. Um, there's honestly not all that much to talk about. Whenever I say that, we go an hour. Hopefully not longer than that with a computer crash that no one knows about because they edited it. Um, we've got Forbidden Door, which happened. Last podcast, we talked about going into that and our literal live reaction as matches were announced. And yes, it is Dynamite Night, July 5th, 8.44 p.m. Eastern. Nick Wayne's on his way. It's all we know. There's nothing for the pay-per-view yet because it's not this weekend. So there's my AEW joke for the, the podcast. But Forbidden Door itself, I don't want to go too detailed into it. It was overall a very good show, I thought. I enjoyed most of it. There was some stuff where Sting wasn't timing things right with Guevara. Uh, Danielson literally got his arm broken facing Okada. And CM Punk got a double drop on his junk. You know, things happen. But overall, I thought the show was very fun. I enjoyed a lot of it. It was good. Uh, I loved Osprey versus Omega. That's my kind of stuff. The fact that the three pre-show matches were doing false finishes out the wazoo took away from a lot of it overall because not everything should have that that's the point but i digress uh 
yeah, I enjoyed it overall. What what did you guys think? Jim Machine, what was your thoughts on that one? Briefly. We don't want to go too deep into this, but what would you like about it? Or dislike, because, you know. I mean, mind you, me very brief. Uh, I was in the air and then sitting in the St. Louis airport <laughs> for all that show. Yep. So, Have you seen I stuff saw, since? I've seen little clips. like that The Osprey's Osprey, entrance. I did see that. Yeah. That thing is... That match was so long. Mm-hmm. It started 15 minutes before I boarded the plane to get back to Cleveland. And after 15 to 20 minutes on the plane, just as we were getting taking off, my Wi-Fi died like before the last 10 seconds of the match because I was trying to get the results from oh, near yeah. me. And I'm like, guys, what happened? What happened? What happened? And Wi-Fi dropped. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn. So you didn't see much of anything of it? Didn't get caught no, up? I, no, I no. I, did, I know the results, but I did not get any chance to watch anything of it. What about you, Red? What was I your main event? It. Did you see the whole thing? It was Sting, Darby Allen, and I too. Oh, the co-main. Okay. I fell asleep right before uh, Brian and Okada. Um, the show overall, I think, was really one of their better shows just for mm-hmm. the pacing aspect. Yes. It didn't feel long. Like, a lot of these AEW shows, it's like... Oh, we're in the second hour and we got 19 matches left and it's just it's just taking forever. No, this one was just bomb, bomb, bomb. And it was just like every match was pretty good. I, I don't have a lot of complaints about any of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my personal favorite match of the night, I mean, I think a lot of people, I really enjoyed Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega, even though I really didn't care about the match going into it. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed a lot of the, like, I know you said something about the false kickouts, but this match it, it had me on the edge the whole like. Oh, that one did. That was slow. Good. Yes, and then like the last fifteen minutes was like twenty different false finishes, and it every single one felt like it was going to be the end of the match. There, I hated the overbooking of the match. That's yeah, but that's, the story yeah. of it 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 worked with what the story was. But there was a lot of like extracurricular activities. I don't understand how somebody can be. Uh, ejected oh. from ringside and still come back out and not, and be not get thrown out again or like, pulled out. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it made zero sense. Like what's the point of making him disappear in the first place? You, like booking wise, that was a dumb decision. But other than that, like I said, the whole show felt very quick. It didn't drag on at all. And I enjoyed all of it. You got your Suzuki. You got your Ishii. I did. I, I wanted two people and they were booked within like 10 minutes of the show starting, but yeah, I got them. Yeah. And they won, too. Uh, well, no, Suzuki didn't. Forgive me. Of course, Sting won. But uh, did you ever see Okada versus Danielson? No, I never got to see it. I, I heard the fin- uh, the finish of the match, but I no, I never got to see it. All right. Bear me. Bear me. The greatest right, wrestler in the world got beaten by a one-armed <laughs> man. I'm sorry, I'm repeating something you've said so much in our Discord. I had to get that out. Submitted. Not only beaten, yeah. submitted. I got an answer to that. I've been holding man. it until now. But what were your thoughts on the show? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, I'll get to that. I, I actually did enjoy the show a lot. I thought it was really good. Like, there wasn't a bad... The six-man, the co-main, was kind of sloppy. It was kind of bad. But it was still fun. Like... But other than that, like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Omega Osprey a lot. The whole callus coming back out, and the ref not throwing him out. Like hey, I didn't like that. Even though Shivani was like, he's gonna get fined for this. It's like, no, he should probably get fired or just thrown back out. Uh, I actually enjoyed the uh, the Fatal Four Way for the uh, Atlantic title a lot. I thought that it was uh, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was fun. I liked the ending. Very of it. fun. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, it as was, I said, because CT's not here and he wasn't. He was like paying attention along to it. I always say for guys like that, they have to be good to be able to do that kind of comedy stuff. And those guys are all so good. Where CT doesn't like it is they're so good, but why are they wasting their time doing this comedy stuff? And, I mean, I point to the crowd, and I see them enjoying it, and I enjoy it. It's like, that's why. But, yeah, I'd love to see them do, like, the Danielson Okada-type matches, too. And they definitely can, and they will, but, uh, you know. Right. And, uh, yeah, for Okada and Danielson... Okay, now I, I I get why Danielson won. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a trilogy thing. Okada will win in the dome, and then Danielson will probably beat Okada back in AEW because I don't think Tony Khan will put Okada over Brian Danielson. So the the only thing that I have a, a problem with is yes, Brian Danielson tapped out New Japan's biggest star 
and he is the biggest star of New Japan. Tapping him out, clean as a sheet, with one arm. First time I in wish he would have just ten years. Again, first time in ten years. I wish he would have just hit him with a bunch of his with with his bunch of his running knees. You know, because that's that's his finisher. That or the bell lock. But like he could have hit him with a bunch of those. He could have done anything. I just didn't like the fact that Okada tapped out, and the fact that Okada tapped out clean. I like he should yeah. have passed out if he was going to submit. Yeah, and him being like, so I, close to the ropes, I didn't like it. I understand and... the tapping. Like, I, I get it. Like, he's going to submit. It's going to happen eventually. Like, it's got to happen. Like, and if anybody, yeah. it's Brian Danielson in AEW, fair enough. If he hadn't been injured and had both arms, we'd be having the same conversation where he still tapped out. So, like, the fact yeah, that, like, the arm injury, well, I mean, it happened. He's, he's, he's that good. He overcame it using his legs. Like, that's fine. Yeah. But should yeah. he have submitted at all? Maybe sa- they should have saved that submission for the end. For the end of the trilogy. Yeah, they should have done it for the right? trilogy. Like, that's yeah, what I was thinking. It's like, oh, you don't lead with a submission. Yeah, because, I mean, we all know that Danielson's probably winning that third match. Like, Okada's going to win number two it in the dome. like it came out of nowhere. Because the crowd yeah, was like, too, what? Because no one thought anybody yeah, was going to tap in that. Nobody expected that. And exactly. that was that defeated the purpose yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't think it's much like, like the swing so much. Because with... Um, with Okada and Danielson, like nobody was expecting that to be the finish uh, there in that moment. Because bear me, um, like they should have saved that for the tap for match three, right? Like you're thinking that's going to be probably yeah. Forbidden Door next year. That's probably the way to go. So yeah, no one 100%. thought it'd be early because, like, yeah, he's got to tap eventually, yes. But if it was the running strike knee, people would be thinking this is it, or the Rainmaker, this is it. Nobody was thinking this is it with the submission. So yeah, it's it's good to come out of nowhere sometimes, but it fell flat. It really did. I feel. He even hit him with the rainmaker. I don't know. I thought that was the whole story. I thought that was the whole story. Because well, it started that way. Yeah, I do avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from that, what do you think of it all? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. Like, as I said, I. I have no problems with the show. I just had problems. I did have problems with that finish. I think, yeah, they should have probably saved that for match three. Because like I said, we all know that Danielson's going to go over Okada in three. So Okada will get his win back in the dome where he gets his superpowers back. And It would be cool to see Okada tap out Brian Danielson somehow to make that go, but mm-hmm. I, don't think that would, I don't think that'll happen because I don't think Okada submits people, but but yeah, over, overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was um, one of the better impact or impact. Oh my god, I got impact on the mind. One of the better AEW shows that there's been in a long time. It was very well paced. Like I said, nothing really dragged on. It it was really it was a really fantastic show, and yeah. Now let's bounce over to the UK because there's a bunch of stuff with the UK show with Money in the Bank for WWE. Uh, three in the afternoon pay-per-view quote-unquote and again a solid show for the most part some stuff out of nowhere like the Baszler turn which was an eventuality but kind of came out of nowhere but eh, that can be fun sometimes Priest winning not LA Knight we all know Beer Me's upset about that but I feel like this is very similar to Cody and Roman everybody agrees for the most part that it really probably should have been Cody winning over Roman but let's see what they do. Now, we already have seen some fun stuff with Priest with the briefcase, with Seth and Finn, so okay. And it, LA Knight's not going to be damaged by it. I just, I would have pulled that trigger. It's fine. But yeah, it did deflate the crowd a bit. But, you know, Sky won, and people were quite enjoying that. That was fun. Uh, here's the best part. I didn't see much of the Cody versus Dom match, and I didn't see any of Seth versus Finn, and I didn't see the main event itself. I haven't had a chance to go back to it yet. It only happened a couple days ago. So, GMSG, uh, how, how was the show? Um, it was the most unpredictable show going into it, and then it delivered on that, because yeah, there were a few things like, oh, Ellie Knight not winning. Okay, there's a chance. I thought Priest had a good chance to it. Mm-hmm. Roman getting pinned. Oh, that, that felt like an unlikely thing. Uh, the turn. Oh my god, no one on planet Earth saw that coming, uh, except for the people booking it. 
Yeah, I'd heard rumors that that was an eventuality, because that was their plan. Like, before they even won the titles, that was the plan for it was going to go. But they just won them, like, a month ago. So, like, nobody expected it yet. So that was kind of crazy with Stone Accord. Uh, what about the Bloodline? Like, I, I need to go back and watch that Bloodline Civil War, but, like, the Uso kick out with the low blow, Roman getting pinned, which I did have on the record. I was like, I should have picked that because that would lead to the SummerSlam match, like, in some way. But maybe they don't have him pinned yet, and they did, so it's like everything's falling apart. Here we go. It's it's crazy fun. It's pretty awesome. Um, but that, I, I presume the Bloodline match is worth watching? Yeah. I, most of the show, it was very solid. There were just slow moments for a few matches, but overall, the crowd made it enjoyable. And the, the lot action was going for some matches. It's just, it was a Roman family match, so it really started slow. Hmm. But they got me a few times. I, I, I thought they were going to switch and it was going to be the Bloodline winning, but nope. Who'd you predict going in? Uh, I was thinking Bloodline, and then I switched to Usos. Last, it was last minute, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Red? This one was not too late for you, so you saw the whole thing. What do you think of it? Uh, other than the opening match, I think the rest of the show was pretty good. I think having Priest win the first match really deflated a hot crowd. Like, I think later in the night it would have been safer even to have EO win it first to start the night off. But other than that, the rest of the show I enjoyed head to toe. Like uh, Usos match, I, I won't even say Usos match, a Roman match. I'm getting tired of ref bumps. I'm tired of every single Roman. Doesn't matter if it's title or non-title, just having to have a ref bump for whatever reason. Like it, it's starting to be like cookie it's cutter, like- where every match is going to be the same way with a ref bump. Like this one was a little <laughs> more different because they did do the cheating part and then still didn't win. But I'm getting tired of, like I said, every single Roman match that's on a pay-per-view has to have a rough bump towards the end. And it's, it's getting ridiculous. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, I can see part of that. Like, I, I get parts of it, too. Like, every Jericho match has one, and every Edge match has one. And that's just... Most main event ones do do that, yeah. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't think it makes a cookie cutter. Like, is it, here, here, here comes the ref bump. Like, if you start seeing it coming, I get, like, it, there is a level of that to it. But well, I it's, even it's made part a joke, of it, too. So. I even made a joke during voice chat. I was like, all right, from now on, do we need to do, will there be a ref bump in a Roman match? And basically a lot of what I got back was, why? You know it's going to happen. It won't yeah. be that many people picking no. So exactly, yeah. That's I mean, it may yeah. not be cookie cutter like it's going to happen at this moment. But you know it's going to happen every single match. It's, it's almost like, and this is it's one of his same, moves. But it's the it's one of the things of John Moxley always bleeds in his matches. Yeah, well, like, I mean, you it, know it's going to happen. Yeah, and you also know that Roman's going to hit a spear and he's going to do this, and Solo's going to do his yell, and Uso's going to do this, and there's going to be a ref bump. Like it, it feels like that to me. Like you know, there's going to be a young buck spot that does this. It feels like it's a part. It's a part of the match. It doesn't. If, to me, it doesn't take away from it. But that I mean, different, different things for different types that's fine but aside from that what do you think of the show like uh, like you said oh the rest of the show is great i i love the you you think that priest winning was really like deflated the crowd because they sounded pretty goddamn hot even after that like they didn't get what they wanted but they were still like ah next match like they were still on board they built back up in the gunther match it felt like for me like it took them two matches to get into it with that said, if it started off with EO and you had Priest win later in the night, you could have yeah. had that down, but it was hot, 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 lower, and then hot back up. I can see Not that. the first match of the night being like, yes, yeah. Oh. And then having to do a one full match, which was unfair. I mean, it's women's matches. I know how they book them. It was unfair to have that match follow that very deflating because they didn't get the pop that they wanted. But it definitely was interesting when they had the Shayna turn on Ronda. And that started it, but it really got going once Gunther and Matt Riddle got into it. So I did interrupt you when you were about to say something about Shayna and, and Ronda. You like that happening that way? I, not so much the way it happened, but I do like the turn. I, I like that it was unpredictable. Like We, we try to predict these things like, oh, we know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. When they do a split like this, completely like just shocking everybody, I like that kind of stuff because it, it, it makes it feel fresh and... To a point where, like, oh, now I really got to tune in. Not, 
all right, I'm just waiting for this to happen because you they tend they tend to tease splits quite yeah. often. They I was, all right, you know it's coming. You yeah. know it's coming. This one didn't feel like it was coming anytime soon. Well, I assumed by Mania, not not knowing the Ronda Rousey out thing, but I assumed by Mania they probably would have been done split up from each other, run this tag division for a little while. Um, do I agree that Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez should have won the tag titles? No, I think they should have kept it on. And had that unification match for the uh, to go the other way, the the witches to win. Like I think they should have carried on. That would have been a huge pop for them. But I guess Liv Morgan healed up. They just all right. Everything's falling into place. Let's run it. Well, that's because Ronda was injured for a while, so everything got delayed from from that. So this all was supposed to be like in the fall, even or in, in the early spring, where they were going to be the champs. And yeah, they, now they're pulling that trigger, but. I'm of two minds of the out of nowhere turn because I get like, oh, you like it out of nowhere. To me, like, there's got to be a level of something. Like, when it's so out of nowhere, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I, I, I don't buy it. Like, why? Why would why would you be tag champions and give that up? With your tag champion with Ronda Rousey, why would you give that up? Because you're jealous of her. Okay, fair enough. We learn later, fine. But the idea of doing it with no foreshadowing, I hate that kind of stuff because you're failing at telling a story which you have literal eight hours a week to do it and you couldn't that to me is a problem of its own accord like that's that's aw stuff where it's like why'd that happen that's out of nowhere that's i could get on them for that that's what this felt like i didn't like it i understand that you don't like it when you're being led by the hand and being like it's coming get ready like you don't you don't like that but to me that's a fundamental part of how you tell a story you want the audience to think they're ahead of you, but you're actually a step ahead. That's That literally is a storytelling technique. That's what you want. You want them to think they're about to be there, but then you swerve them a little bit and you get there, which the Bloodline story is doing masterfully. You think you know where it's going, but you're not quite sure, and then they get there in the end. This was nothing. This was just suddenly happening, realistically, for no reason at the time. So I, I had an issue with that, personally, but... What about you, Bear Me? Yeah, they hurt you. I mean, yeah, yeah, it didn't happen, but but he was over like an ungodly amount, dude. Like we knew when he was outside the ring and he got back in the ring, you didn't have to see him. The crowd just went fucking bananas. Like, I look, I I will say one thing: I'm tired WWE not doing striking while the fire's hot, and I get that we should give them the benefit of the doubt with LA Knight booking because I agree I, I think that I think with Triple H in charge obviously he knows what he has I've said it before if you watch that Saudi thing and they're chanting LA night he just kind of smirks he knows he knows what he's got in. and I I, I want to say that I do have faith in the booking but there's a little part of me in the back of my mind that says if you get over when they don't want you to get over then you're not going to get over like Rusev Day Cardona um, who the hell? There's uh, Wade Banner. Like, there's been a lot of people that have gotten over when they didn't want him to get over, and then they just had that terrible booking. But that was also under Vince. I don't think Vince has as much pull in the in the stories and stuff now. I think he just he helps with the week by week stuff. I don't think I think Triple H is like the main pay per view guy. So I'm hoping I'm hoping I have good things for LA Knight. He just got that promo at a house show. Saying he didn't win the money in the bank briefcase last night, but it doesn't matter because he's going to be a champion sooner rather than later. So, and I believe I'm happy for Damian Priest. I I know that it's, it sounds like I'm going to shit on Damian Priest for winning this. I'm not. I'm a huge Damian Priest fan. I was a huge fan of him in ROH's Punisher Martinez. I think that I think he will have a successful cash in on Seth Rollins at some point, but. I think they just wanted to tell the story of the judgment day with this briefcase and not give it to LA Knight. Mm. Even though they had one of the most, even though they have the most, LA Knight's on like an over thing as almost as much as Cody. I want to put him on the same level as Cody and on over. He might be, he might get that crowd reaction there. It kind of sounded like it, but everything, everything he just touches turns to gold. And what I always said in chat, I just hope that they turn him face they have to take that title off Austin Theory at SummerSlam. Just, or something. It feels or Rumble, like that's where they're or, going, yeah. Yeah, let him get a mid-card title. And then once Roman loses the title, probably to Cody at some point. Cody goes to SmackDown or something. And then once 
couple other title changes. Like LA Knight's gonna be there for a while, just or or a draft. You never you never know. LA Knight will be world champ, I believe, within the next few years. I really do, and I really hope that he is. Other than that, like the show was really good. I liked I liked the Bloodline and the Usos match. Uh, Roman literally put out that tweet saying he was gonna stack them. He literally stacked them and pinned them, but they kicked out. I literally thought it was over at that point. I was like, God, he's gonna do it again. Uh, yeah, I didn't expect Roman really eating the pin until about until about right before the match. I was like, I think Roman's gonna get this pin to Jay, like to set up SummerSlam match. And there were people in our chat. I was like, No, I think Jimmy's gonna Jimmy's gonna pin Solo or Jimmy's gonna pin Roman or Jimmy will pin Roman. And I'm like, Oh no, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. But yeah, that match was really good. The women's playing the bank was really good. I like how EO handcuffed both Becky and Bailey, and then I was going to mention that. Yeah, that's Bailey. my favorite money in the bank over Bailey to get it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then she sat up there with a the briefcase. I'm happy for her. Cody beating Dom, of course. It was a good match. Uh, Dom's fucking over too, and Rhea. Their whole shtick is just amazing. It was just a good show. Uh, the Ronda Shayna thing I didn't see coming, so like we were watching it, and I looked down for a second, checked something on my phone, and I looked back up, and Shayna just hits Ronda, and I'm like, "What the hell just happened? Like, did, did Ronda provoke something?" Everybody's like, "No, she just tagged herself in, and that's what happened." I was like, "Oh Jesus!" So, yeah, that happened. Um, so yeah, no other. Oh, Gunther. Gun- oh yeah, Gunther rules. Gunther and Riddle. That was great. Then Drew coming back, and that's going to set up for SummerSlam. That's going to be that's going to be kick ass. That match is going to be great. And John Cena coming back. I mean, nobody expected that. We're just all sitting around and chatting, and all of a sudden you hear his theme music start playing. Like, why is he here? But we found out why he was there or not there. But it was really good. Grayson Waller came out. He did great. I think they they think of him too because. I don't think they'd put him in a thing with Cena if they didn't think that highly of him. Then again, they put Elias in a, in a thing with him like that, so who knows. It was... It, honestly, it was a really good show. It, they, it was... Like, they build it, They book it as, like, a top five, like, a big five of their pay-per-views, mm-hmm. and I feel like it... I feel like it delivered like that. Did, did I get everything I wanted? No. I, I honestly haven't got much from wanting in wrestling lately. Everything I want, they usually go the other way. But... I enjoyed the show... Even though, uh, even though some of the outcomes I wouldn't have done, but it overall was a really good show, and I have no qualms with it. Yeah, and you mentioned Drew coming back, uh, and then the the presser afterwards with Triple H saying he and Drew talked about all the stuff they read online and laughing at it because he was just hurt and mm-hmm. banged up, like all these rumors. I mean, of course they're going to say that, but I'm inclined to believe that because eh, whatever. Uh, but it's it's that was just kind of some funny stuff. Um, we didn't mention Logan Paul during Money in the Bank, who did really well, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of got dumped on his head with that ladder rope Spanish fly thing from Ricochet, who recovered in the best rope oops I've ever seen with a one-legged moonsault Spanish fly to the tables. Like, good Lord. Um, he, he's a, he's a wrestler at this point. He, he just is. He's a wrestler. Yeah. Like, he, he is. I feel like he... Pre- he protected uh, Logan Paul as best he could on that. Like if you watch it back, yeah. like it's it's kind of a gnarly landing, but Ricochet was like, "Oh shit!" Like he tried to like you know help him the best he could. But now there there's a confrontation with him and Logan Paul, uh, Ricochet that is, on this upcoming Raw. So like, is that a SummerSlam match? Is that Logan Paul and Ricochet? Cool, that'd be interesting. But uh, we'll see what happens from there. That should be some crazy stuff. Uh, but yeah, Drew. I don't know what else to say about Drew. I remember at one point there was rumors about him going to AEW for All In. There was rumors would he even be on the show, would he be on this show, that show, whatever. We haven't seen him since Mania. He's back. He's wrestling uh, against Imperium next week, and it's him going after the IC title uh, with Gunther. I feel that eventually leads to, to Sheamus. I feel all roads lead to Sheamus with that title. It just it feels that way. And he and Drew weren't even done yet with that because they had the triple threat with Gunther, which is awesome. Um I don't know. So what what do you think about Drew and, and Gunter straight up one-on-one then, Bearmy, to go back to you? Oh, I, I love it. It's going to be a kick-ass match. I don't think Drew's going to win because I think Gunther... I think if he holds the title for like a few days past SummerSlam, he breaks, breaks Honky Tonk Man's record. I think a month or so. But, but yeah. that... 
yeah, but that match is gonna that match is gonna be hard hitting. It's gonna be great. Like I said, Gunther's like to me, Gunther's a top five wrestler in the world. Just the way he tells stories in the ring. Mm-hmm. It's just his presence. He's believable. He's got the entrance. Ludwig Kaiser doing his entrance is just phenomenal. Like everything about him screams star. And still, this day, I can't believe that Vince is like, I don't know what I, I don't know what y'all see in this guy. I don't see much in him. And it's like, what really? Like that's the guy. But you know, it's it's gonna, oh, it's gonna be great. Like that that crowd that might that will that might be match of the night there. It really might. I don't know what's gonna top it. Like, I mean, unless it's Jay and Roman, but I think that Gunther and Drew will probably mention I have that pay-per-view. I can't see anything else that would top it, to be honest. I don't see Drew winning it. I don't see Drew even in a rematch winning it. I think right now Drew's much bigger. I think, honestly, Drew needs to go after Seth Rollins. But for a, a I have seen people back, wanting a heel turn out of Drew. I've seen people wanting that, and that could be interesting. He, I, I honestly have gotten bored with Drew as a face. Like he he's a good face. Don't get me wrong. He's somebody you want to see win, but they never give him the win. It's always like I, I like him better as a heel. Not a bad face, but I like him better as a heel. And I'm thinking him versus Seth will be a great match for like Royal Rumble time. That long? I mean yeah, but no, like I, I don't I can't see a Survivor series and I'm thinking that match is much bigger than one of the smaller pay per views. Yeah, they don't treat them that small anymore. Fair enough, but not, not I still think Backlash Rumble. was huge. Like it's the chamber is huge. They'll they'll make it huge if they want to make it I huge. I mean backlash wasn't that huge. It was massive. It was the biggest backlash they've ever had. I mean it's still there it could have been bigger. I'm like you could have had Roman on it, you could have had like I think it could have been bigger. I mean, but true, but they didn't need it's to. It's not as big as like a SummerSlam or Rumble. No, I'm saying that, but to say that's the only way to do that match, not at this point, no. That they, they, they won't, they wouldn't wait till January for that, unless that's the plan for Seth. That's more the case there. Um, it, I I feel like if it's not SummerSlam, they wouldn't wait till another seven months go by. I don't think. Didn't Backlash have Brock on it? Yeah. Yeah. But Brock that's Cody. dead now. All, like, all the B-level papers. It's not just Big Five like, anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hilarious. The Big Five have now all hit Mania level. And then, because the, they use stadiums mainly for those. And all the B-tiers seem to have gone to A-tier. And then the really rough ones, like Payback, are now getting... Payback and Fastlane. We'll see what that's like, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, if they want to make Fastlane big, they put that match on it. Right? Like, that. that's what I mean by that. Like, that's, that's the way to do it. Like, it... It's not just a case of does the match deserve the event? Does the event deserve the match? And I mean, they, they had day one where they wanted to book it to be like a massive New Year's event. That was their planning behind that. So, like, I, I'm not the type to think, oh, Seth versus Drew, that's only a big five. It's deserving of a big five and would work on a big five. But personally, I think they could put it wherever they want. That's just me. But do you think... So, if that's the case, then Red, like... I figured they brought Drew back as a good guy, obviously, with Gunther with Unfinished Business. It's the UK, though. They're going to cheer him. They're not going to bring him back as a heel because he's going to come out and attack Seth out of the gate, and that's our feud for SummerSlam. They're doing something different, obviously, but do you think a, a heel Drew is in the cards then? Like, in the yes, fall? Yes, 100%. Okay. I agree with that. I feel it's a, it's just a matter of time because um, if it's the character, too, where he keeps getting close but not winning... It fits. Like, that makes sense. I literally had a character in the FBL that did that. So, I understand that idea. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Uh, what about you, though, GMSG? With Drew? Um, I've been screaming for him to be a heel the last, I think, two months on this podcast since Mania, I guess. Um, but right now, with the way it went on Raw, I have real hopes that Riddle's accidentally going to cost him at least one of the two next matches that he possibly has with Gunther, and then it happens again, and then we get that heel Drew. And just he destroys Riddle. Because, I mean, that's the best way to get over is by destroying Riddle right now, I guess. Yeah. So, I hope eventually he turns heel, probably closer to Survivor Series, and then they build him closer to Seth. Maybe for Mania. That would be a fun Mania match. I can see that, yeah. And you could, t- uh, well, 
I'm worried about the cash in though, because that's going to be after that. We'll have to see with the cash in. <laughs> that, that's going to make things even more interesting. I mean, Priest and Drew will be fun. I guess that's the other question. Do you think Priest is going to successfully cash in? I'm worried he isn't, though. And I think because the, they want him to turn face and they've been slowly teasing it. Who's the biggest heel of that faction? Dom. Have Dom accidentally cost him. That works. Instead of Balor. Yep. Because Balor makes sense. That's just two guys going after the same world title. Th- that's understandable, even, behind that. But if Dom screws it up, uh-oh. <laughs> if Priest does not successfully cash in, I will be a little upset that LA Knight did not win that briefcase. Even more upset than I am now. Well, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting over it. But, uh, like, yeah, this isn't the time to have a failed cash-in. We did this last year with Theory. Priest needs to cash-in. Actually, don't forget, don't they even have officially, we didn't talk about this, they officially made it a ruling that you can cash in on the U.S. or the Intercontinental also. Yeah. Let's the, not forget the, about that. That is very true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just feel like he's kind of good, or else people look at this as a waste of a Oh, I mean, a these guys are, the they're targeting the world title, so why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't you? Like, I, I, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I, I, I really do feel like the Priest has to, has to like, cash us in, because, like, Theory's Money in the Bank went last year kind of was a waste. Like, let's be honest. I don't know why. I, I it, it, In my mind, it was. But I feel like they are high on Priest, and I feel like you don't have to have... I, like, you know what? They're doing that Balor-Rollins thing. With this, if they do do that second match, maybe at SummerSlam. Because I kind of feel like they might go to that, because I really don't know who Seth's going to face mm-hmm. next. Have Balor beat Seth. And then have Damian Priest cash in on Balor, go face. I was thinking and, that. Or the only other way that I could see this Priest cash in not working, and maybe they do do this, and I don't want them to do this, but like Finn Balor and JD McDonough they're like pretty tight. Like he, Balor trained McDonough, and they were doing that thing a while back on Raw, which they kind of aren't now, but like maybe Priest wins the title or catches in when Balor's going to get it pins one of them mid-match or something, and then, like, they do, like, the whole they kick him out of Judgment Day. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I feel one way or another Priest is going to... Priest will end up with that belt, and he'll get kicked out of Judgment Day. Even if... He, it, cause that'll that'll make him go face. Uh, now, what about Io? She's already had it by virtue of it being a Saturday show longer than every other woman aside from Carmella who won it first, because they've all cashed in, like, the same day or the next day. But they've never failed. So will EO be the first yeah. to fail to cash in, maybe? That's the rumor. I don't think so, I, but I could... I mean, it's Asuka? I could... Or it's yeah, Rhea, and I could see, so... Yeah, and they've been kind of teasing the Rhea thing. And I don't see Rhea losing that belt for... Until after Mania next year. But I... I think that Bailey's going to end up costing EO wherever she goes. Like, oh, I think yeah. she'll play nice, and then that, that's what will happen. I don't want that to happen. I would like to see EO cash in. I think everybody would like to see that. But we haven't had one yet, and she kind of seems like the prime candidate to where there would be one, even though she has tons of fan support. Mm-hmm. I kind of think that's why they would do it, because Did she does have tons of fan support, so if they did it, then And it was a Bailey right. costing, then EO, yeah. they'd love her even more. So yeah. Yeah, and then you have and then you have EO beat Bailey and then you have EO go for the title and learn it man. Yeah, that works. I would I would do something like that if if you're gonna go down that route. I don't like I don't like field cash ins, I get why they do it, but like I, I kinda feel like it should be guaranteed like ninety nine percent of the time you should win. But I don't know, I only like it when there's when there's a heel that people don't like. I feel like that's that would be a time to pull a trigger on something, you know. Like, I don't know. But. See, I mean, uh, the opinion there I have is if it's a bad guy, then that doesn't cash in, and that's when it only fails. You're going to be like, oh, bad guy has it. He won't win. Like, you've got to subvert true. the expectations. You've got to have the good guy fail. And John Cena was the first good guy to fail. So it's like, okay, if anybody isn't oh, a ten, right? Like, yeah. you've got to yeah. do this. You've got to have somebody. You've got to have the Rumble winner sometimes not win it. Now, like I said, Cody's not the one to do that with, but maybe yeah, Asuka was, Oscar. right? And it worked out fine yeah. for Asuka not winning the championship off the Rumble. Like, it, it can work out. And that's why I always be like, it's fine, don't worry about it, it'll be fine. But it's always tricky to not pull that trigger because we laugh about it, but Macklin versus Alexander at Impact is just, it's a doomed match now because Macklin's hurt. 
hopefully, yeah. I, my hope is they both come back around the same time, gunning for the title. Which Slam anniversary, kind of not anniversary. Yeah, Battle for Glory. Yeah, if they're both come back around the same time, that's just kind of cool. Yeah. Like it was just meant to be these two. Um, so yeah, when it's a matter of this person wins or that person, like with Priest, I'm cool with it. I, I like what they're doing with it already, so I'm on board. But I would have loved to see L.A. Knight taunting Roman Reigns in the middle of the Bloodline stuff. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So, like, all this stuff yeah. is worried. All oh, what's going on? Was, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? Welcome to Yusuf Penitentiary. Yeah. Oh, I want yeah, it. Yeah, and, like, and plus, dude, L.A. Knight can, LA Knight can cut... A, like, he's we got one of the best promos in the biz. He doesn't just use the yeah and the nah-nah. Like, he can cut... Like, mm. he cuts rug, dude. He can... And like him versus Roman, and like another promo feud, it would be it would be great because Roman would be like, "Well, who's this guy?" And he'd be like, "What?" And be like, yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, it would just it would be great." Like, it would Stop be talking stuff. like my cousin. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, so, though the the only problem is, you know that even though the bloodline is split, they wouldn't let anyone cash in on him. Probably, yeah. Like, oh, you said no. that last time. I love that idea where it's like, yeah. "No, no, no, no. This is us. This is ours." So that'd be a fun thing. No, we need this title in our family for money. Get out of here. Yeah. And again, like, I kind of feel like they are, like, again, high on LA Knight because I don't know if you guys seen, like, after Seth beat Braun, like, he was in NXT. Like, it was kind of like off the air, but they showed it, like, he was like, uh, can I uh, tell you guys a story or whatever? And the crowd goes, yeah. And he just, like, he kind of laughs. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, and then he starts telling his story. So, like, I think everybody knows. It's just a moment of time. Yep. I can't wait. Now, speaking of WrestleMania, because you mentioned that for next year, and we're still talking UK, we'll talk about this, because this was a fun thing, where Cena came out and said that he's there to try to bring WrestleMania to London. He didn't announce it. He didn't announce that it was going to London, because it would be 41, 2025 at the earliest, because 24, uh, Mania 40 is Philadelphia next year. So the earliest would be the one after. And... We've talked a few times before about like how Clash at the Castle was in Cardiff because it was going to be Wembley, but Cardiff and their city ponied up the money for it. Or forgive me, it, it, it was the city or I don't know what the equivalent of the state or region is, but whatever, the municipality area paid for it, which, yeah, there you go. So like they kind of want London to want it, which makes sense. And if it's financially feasible, they're just going to have WrestleMania... 41 or 42 or whatever in London. And this is around when they're sorting that stuff out. Like, it's not quite to the level of the Olympics where you're bidding on it four years out, but there are actively cities who want WrestleMania 41 and 42. Like, they they understand the infrastructure behind it and they don't need to build arenas like the Olympics do. But they're looking at hotels and availability and things. And I guarantee you there's already places in London that are booking, like, April... And keeping it open or trying to book it for potential wrestling bookings and hotel accommodations for April of 2025 because of this WrestleMania thing. Because they want to make sure they have it because that's how it is. Because think about it. Mania has only been in the U.S. and Canada. So you get your international fans who come over for it from Europe. They're going to be all over there now. Yeah, I know there's no... I mean, Brexit's a thing, but they'll work it out. So that's home turf for them. If any Americans want to go, they got to go across the pond. So it's a huge, huge deal to have it over there. I am absolutely convinced it will happen. I don't know if it's 41, which is the soonest. I thought Cena was going to announce SummerSlam next year, considering it's coming up, or maybe even the Rumble. Because I don't know if we know where our Rumble is for 2024 yet. I don't know if that's been announced. Like, maybe that. But that feels like where they're going to go. Like, they're going to bring, bring something big to that, I feel. Um... Jim or to go to you first with that. You had something to say about it. I don't even know like what your thoughts on it are, because, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, wherever it is, it's cool, but that's a wild one, right? Like, to go to Europe, to go out of the U.S. and Canada, because it's been international before, haha. But to do this is crazy, because it's not... I'll, I'll paraphrase Cornette. They're not selling you a pay-per-view Sunday night at 3 p.m. They're doing a premium live event on your Peacock stream, at three in the afternoon, that's different. So that, that the hard part's out of there. Like you can just, you know, tune in and watch. But there's there's so much to it because I said I think even Cena was talking. I'm like, at most the earliest it's within five years. If they're lucky, it's ten. Like because not everyone's considering the fact that not only is the timing going to be off for Mania being two different days, 
You have to worry about the Hall of Fame. You have to worry about SmackDown. You have to worry about Raw. Plus, you have to wonder how you're going to do NXT, which is supposed to be four to five hours before night one of Mania. Yeah, is, what, is it all just over there where it's all there now? And Yeah, yeah what, and what if do they it's do not that? all over there, how are you going to schedule that? Are you going to schedule NXT after night one of Mania so it's like 8 p.m. our time? Or do you just so, do it on Thursday? Like, what do you, what yeah. do, you do instead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and then you have to consider, okay, you have to worry about all the talent. If the Hall of Fame is going to be there, you have to worry about all the Hall of Famers getting there. And then you have to worry about all the restaurants, locations. Because, like, not only do they book Mania, they also help, like, Dolph Ziggler does a comedy show that weekend almost yep. all the time. And, I mean, they do have to consider that because he's an employee with them, too. And it's a major cross. They do their make-a-wish type things. They do their charity events in the cities. like. And then they have to worry. In the week okay. leading up. And the thing is, uh, it's not even just WWE has to worry about. It. It's the location has to worry about because they know for a fact that when they go to any town for WrestleMania, every school, every auditorium, any place that can fit a ring is a marketing sales point for another promotion. And it's not in people like you mentioned British wrestling earlier tonight, I think. Before, before the recording, podcast. I mentioned the British companies are going to go nuts and try to book everything but they that's can. The thing. Yeah. Those companies are also going to take a massive hit because, like, GCW is going to show up there. AIW might. Try They're to all going to come over, yeah. New Japan strong. Like, you're going to have all these other major companies also. So, oh, Mike Bailey's going to get town. twelve matches in three days again. It's going to be great. Yeah, and. It'll be big for the UK market, but they're going to then be overshadowed by everyone else's market going, hey, So they're going to pull out the stops, and when you see progress, and you see these big stars with John yeah. Moxley on progress, they're going to, because he's going to be there, they're going to do that. That's, it, yeah, it goes both ways. Fighting. It's okay, but yeah. It's going to be a fighting over, and then you have to wonder this. That, I mean, to be fair, it will be anywhere, but this is the oh, first yeah. time it's going to be there for it but like then, if, if they yeah. go to canada again it's going to be all the canadian ones fighting for it this is just in the uk so it's not like that's a crazy thing but that's why they're doing it with this much the crazy thing is gonna be tony khan though uh-huh because he's gonna have roh and AEW shows and the death before Dishon- or not Supercard. and the problem is he's probably not gonna go to the uk for that nope which means he's gonna have to keep talent here and he's gonna force his talent to work their shows and they won't be able to travel for it and that cuts off the independence for the mania too. Yeah, so you'll really so see who goes where. Yeah, it's going to be a huge fight, and that's why I feel it's going to take a few more years for Endeavor to work their magic to also help. Because I'm seeing it outside of Fox and USA Network. I am seeing WWE pay per view like commercials and TV on every network I'm watching, and I'm like, oh, this is weird. Mm. This doesn't happen often. Like ESPN, TNT, Warner Bros. Sh- channels are showing WWE too, and I'm like. This is new. Yep. And it's because Endeavor is now going, hey, we're going to advertise you everywhere. And you want market? You want to fight Fox? You want to bid for Fox or Friday Night SmackDown? And USA, you want to bid for NXT and Raw? Start those bids. Yep. Because, like, we heard about Money in the Bank earlier today. It broke Money in the Bank records. Every pay-per-view there breaks the records. Dude, it, it was their biggest arena, like, event. Did I, did I read that right? Yeah, when like I heard the, that, I'm like, I don't understand that. But yeah, I mean, like not stadium, wording. so arena, but you, you know what? That makes sense because I think the one of the largest ones in the U.S. that's an arena is like twenty, like twenty one thousand. Yeah, the O2 is twenty thousand capacity. So and they could sell their tickets at a premium because well, first live event back, in London in twenty years, right? That kind of stuff. So the the currency base too. True. They're, their money might be a little more expensive than ours. I don't oh. know. And the tickets are probably more expensive because yeah, they're not going to come back for a while. Like they did, they did a tour, yeah, but not like this. Like you want to see these stars on this show. That's why WrestleMania. Honestly, if they did a London Mania, it would probably be the most financially successful. I don't know. Actually, the more I say that, hundred thousand people in Texas is a lot of money. It might be the most successful. <laughs> gate but it might not be gate. the most yeah it might not be the most impactful sales of the entire area no but it might it might break LA the record for dallas, that yeah la and dallas that that's insane to compare because all the sheer volume and numbers yeah but i mean like for the gate it might be like the big, the biggest uk gate it might be the biggest wrestlemania gate like considering the, you know, the ticket prices tourism. it might be tourism in the uk compared to here that'd be interesting to compare the difference of like 
Because when they're here, it's like, oh, these people are coming from the Middle East, Asia, mm -hmm. Africa, Europe, South America. How would that, I wonder, I want to know, like, how that impacts with the UK differently. Europe is a whole different animal. And again, I know they left the European yeah. Union, but what, what I mean, like, the, the continent. Um, it's a whole different thing because there's just a lot more travel. Like, I've, I have a friend who teaches in Sweden now, and he's Canadian, but... He's traveled a lot around there, and he's traveled Canada, and even just Ontario. And he said, in the amount of time it took me to travel from this point to this point in Ontario, I went through four countries. And that's a normal thing people do all the time. Like, when you drive for two hours to go somewhere, that could be another country. That's a normal thing. And I'm sure all our European listeners are like, well, yeah. But to us, yeah. that's a weird thing. Like, I could travel for 16 hours in Ontario and not leave the province and not even be close to a border on either side. That's just the norm for me. So when you're talking about that kind of travel over there, there's not like, there's going to be a lot of travel to London to do it. And I, I compared it kind of silly in a way to the AEW show with Toronto and Hamilton. Why did they run Toronto? And then also Hamilton, Hamilton is 40 minutes away. People from Hamilton will drive to Toronto to see the show. People from Toronto will not bother driving to Hamilton to see a show when they just saw one in Toronto. Like, eh. So, but London, everybody's going to go to London. They're going to come from all over because it's not that far. Like, a flight across, across the pond, I've said that more times in this one than anything else, that's payback from the Brits and me calling uh, Wales, England forever and ever. It's, it's making me laugh now, but that trip is so much crazier but for someone to go from Cardiff to London compared to Cardiff to Philadelphia, it's night and day. Like, they can just get on a train in some of these places and whoop, and do it, and they're there. It's a whole different story. So I'm really intrigued to see how this goes. Uh, it, it will have no problem selling out, let alone from the Americans who were going to want to go, and the Canadians and the same fans you see at every show. So it'll it'll be successful no matter what. And they're going to sort things out and everything will be... Not everything will be perfect because it'll be the first time doing it, but... I don't think it'll be a problem when they do it, or if they do it. Like, it seems inevitable. I'd love to see it. It's something different. It's, it's something we never had before. And the crowd over there goes absolutely bananas. We've seen the stuff with the UK, or NXT UK. We've seen the stuff now with Money in the Bank. Like, the crowds over there just get hyped, and... I would have no problem hosting a WrestleMania over there. I think it would be, I think it would be really good for WWE and the people over there. Plus, for us predicting, I mean, we wouldn't be starting a show at like what times do we usually start shows at Mania now? Like five, mm -hmm. six. So we'd be starting at like one, two, three, something around there. So yeah, I'm all yeah. about it. I'm all about pay per views starting earlier. If you want to have it over there, have it over there. Just, for the love of God, please bring back WrestleMania sometime to Chicago so I can go, because <laughs> I need to go. And it's awesome. Like go, but we, it, yeah, I know. I've never, it's Sky Dome might get a third one, but I doubt it at this point. I think Vancouver or Montreal is going to get it, but they don't really have the stadium in Montreal as far as I know. I mean, the Alouettes have a place, but maybe. But um, Yeah, so do the you, Big Five. Do you yeah, think it's going to I happen? Need to go. Yeah, like I think within the next 10. I think yeah. I think within the next 10 years it'll happen. Because I don't know how far out they plan where they're going to do Manias. Like, I don't know if they've already got Mania lined up for 41 and 42. Like, because these, I don't really know the timelines of these deals. Well, that's why I feel this so. being worked on. Because, like, when, when this stuff gets announced, it's not a matter of, hey, we booked an arena. Like, yeah, some shows are like that. But when they literally have press conferences where they say afterwards, we brought $100 million to the city. Yeah, no, that's not where we just decided and we showed up and we did it. The city's like, we would right. like you to bring $100 million to our city. Here's a week. You, this hotel will have a discount for when you book the entire building for your staff. Like, that's what's going to happen. That's how these things work. So, like, that's happening. So when you see the announcement, oh, WrestleMania 41 next year is going to be in Philadelphia, or WrestleMania 40 during the WrestleMania 39, that stuff's months in advance. Again, we don't know the exact timeline, but it, it takes time to do that stuff and to book it. And that's why you see it like Bad Bunny. Oh, he's going to be on tour next year and the year after that. Oh, it's because it's going to sell it like crazy. And Taylor Swift is booking stuff for like years. It just 
you do that because okay it's gonna take up space take up time and people save up for it so seems inevitable but yeah i'm i'm definitely intrigued uh but yeah that's pretty much it i know bear me you were thinking about slam anniversary coming up that's next weekend uh probably right around the time people are hearing this honestly or shortly hopefully shortly thereafter yeah. Yeah. but uh like we talked about Macklin and Alexander both being hurt. We're not sure how hurt Alexander or uh, sorry Macklin is because we haven't seen the stuff about where he got pulled yet. Because normally they do that stuff and impact is tomorrow night, so that could be happening there if he's pulled from the match. Uh, but we've got Aldis potentially getting the world title for the second time because he was Magnus the first time. Uh, we could have that. We could have Leo Rush as X Division champion for the first time. There's, it's it's an interesting show. Um, it doesn't feel like super hype. Like there's a cool Ultimate X match. There's a cool tag match. There's some fun stuff, but it's not jumping out to me like it should. But I also just I miss Josh Alexander because he's so good. Uh, but what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, and what's Macklin being out? I said, man, I maybe being out, but yeah, I I think it'll be a good card overall. Like you look at the matches, and there's not really. You don't literally look at it and you're like, oh, Tommy Dreamer's on this card. It's going to be a dud, you know. And I don't know, no disrespect, Tommy Dreamer's gone through a lot of stuff. Uh, I I know that he cuts like a giant heartfelt promo. I, I forget if he has skin cancer or if one of his family members do or something like that. Or if he's, uh, it's his mom, I something's think. Something's going I on thought. with him. Yeah. yeah, I think it's his mom, yeah. But like, it's, you know, like every match on the cards looks really good. Like the tag match is a fatal four way. It'll. All this and Shelly will be really good. Saban and Rush will be really good. I'm really interested in the women's tag titles because I really like Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly as a tag team. Yep. And uh, Trinity and Deanna is going to be really interesting too. And even, like, whatever it was, but Bully and Macklin versus uh, PCO and Demore. Yeah, yeah, that'll be, that'll be uh, good like, too. Like, what are they doing with that know? is what I was interested in. So, yeah, we'll see what right. happens from there. Probably one-on-one with Bully and, and Demore. like, let's be honest, but yeah. Yeah, and I'm guessing we'll get something with like Kenny King and uh, Joe Hendry, and maybe Morella and Dirty Dango, something like that. I saw that's Around actually on the Slammiversary Fallout. That's on the tapings afterwards. Oh, it's on Morella the versus right. Dango. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, but uh, yeah, we'll probably get Hendry and um, Kenny King. But uh, yeah, it, it, overall, I think it'll be a good card. It doesn't scream Slammiversary to me, but It'll like we'll watch it for three hours. And be like, yeah, that was really that was really good paper. They usually are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I think it'll be pretty good. What about you, GMC? You're 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 back and not traveling for shows. So what's your thoughts on that one? Uh, I think this is the most I've not paid attention to uh, Impact pay per view coming mm-hmm. into it because I was already somewhat upset with some of the things they did at the last show with. You know, Aldis, and then the whole Diana thing, and then seeing Macklin and Trey both lose just before this pay per view. It's like, you know, you're trying to build to a pay per view, and those are your top two heels at the same time losing. Yeah, I, I get the idea for in a long reign and a new reign, right? Like neither are good to cut like that. Yeah. So, the, like, I'm sorry, Alex Shiley and Aldis. I don't. All this I don't care. Oh, the rascals Trinity, though. Like, rascals are back. Uh. I yes, but it's it's really weird how they're back too. Because I wanted Trey to keep continuing because Wes is continuing and it, yeah, like that that was really cool with both of them like, but commenting and sharing a green heart to each other when they were winning like mm-hmm. it's like one's a heel, one's a face, but they're still brothers to the death. I mean, like. The Ultimate X match is going to be good. I'm going to like that. Leo Rush is hilarious being back. I'm sorry. Yeah, the title match at Slammiversary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Beerman and I have talked about it with the women's tag. It's literally just rotating of champions to new contenders who then become champions on, like, the second or third try. Like, mm-hmm. you can't really get invested because, like, okay, I, I don't know how this is going to go. I do like Masha and Kelly a lot, though. For oh, I do. Like, it, that's a Jack ilia kind of combination. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So. It's just a weird pay-per-view. It doesn't feel Slammiversary. No, with it feels like a special. And with what we are, like, it's one thing for Slammiversary to be on its own in pay-per-view, but, like, we just came off of Forbidden Door and Money in the Bank, 
and after his death by the sun or great American bash summer slam followed out by all out all in like you're in the middle of a very hot summer of pay-per-views I'm it's gonna be interesting I'm laughing because I realized during our forbidden door talk I forgot completely about MJF versus Tanahashi and how funny that was that MJF came out first and he called New Japan an indie and said Canada was mid and it made me laugh a lot Um, oh both world titles were at the beginning of the show yeah. Basically. Jack Perry and Sonata was the other match I didn't m- mention or comment on aside from the fact that most New Japan fans were upset about the placement saying that doesn't make sense it's more important than that the, the, so the show was built off four matches and the two non-world title matches were way bigger Yep. and that like I made that joke going into the pay-per-view and surprisingly after the show what's the most thing to talk about Okada tapping out and Osprey versus they should have just put MJF against Sonata Yes. And no one would have had a problem if MJF was like, screw this, and walked out and had a count-out loss. Like, he wouldn't care. It doesn't matter. And he, he never got beat. And it would have been the world champ win for the other. And, like, they could have just done that anywhere. Like, lead with that, even. That would have been yep. fine. But, yeah. I don't know. I digress. To bring Most that back up is silly, I know. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Most of the champs were on the show for both companies. It did make sense. Yeah. Oh, neither tag champs. Imagine if Survivor Series were like, you know what? 80% of the on SmackDown champions... You don't have to be on the show. That like we would lose our minds. Yep. Over that. Well, and it's funny because there's actually been stuff with the Independence Day shows in Japan because uh, we'll we'll end with this briefly. But it was New Japan Strong having their shows, and they actually had a bunch of title changes because the Bullet Club War Dogs, Alex Coglin and Gabe Kid Coglin, who was awesome, they won the strong tag titles from Bishamon, who were, I think, one of the opponents for FTR last year, if I'm correct. Or that was Rapongi, I think, actually, with Great Okan and whatever. Um, but Bishamon are really good, and they had both tag belts, because Aussie Open had to vacate them. The The New Japan guys won them, and then the next night it was for the normal tag titles. They didn't win those, so there's that. We also have uh, Julia winning over Willow. So Willow already lost her strong women's title, and Julia from Stardom won it. I understand that that was not a Forbidden Door match. It could have been, but whatever. That Okay, fine. It makes more sense here. That's probably why they did it that way. Fair enough. And also, though, Eddie Kingston is the New Japan Strong champion, which is kind of awesome for everybody here who likes Eddie Kingston, who's, I think, all of us. He's great. He's fun. And for him to win that is really, really cool. In Japan, no less. I think that's really, really cool. And there's he's tearful in the footage, and it's neat. Um, actually, the junior tag titles also changed hands. It's uh, uh, Clark Connors, the Rhino, White Rhino from last year's Forbidden Door, and Drilla Maloney, Dan Maloney from the UK, are the junior tag champs. So Bullet Club War Dogs suddenly got some gold. Lots of Americans, actually, and foreigners, rather, getting New Japan gold. Um, we'll just end it there, because Eddie Kingston has New Japan gold. What's what's your thoughts with that, GMSG? To go quickly around the table here one last time. Seeing everything he's been through, he's got a singles title. Uh, it's great. It's it's weird, though, because it's the whole Lance Archer thing that CT always commented about. Like, oh, that's a good comparison, uh, yes. Like, other companies do better with him. And, like, you know, like, in our eyes, Willow has a lot of bad matches. But other, way, other times, she's doing great. She gets a title outside of the company while going for the ROH, the TBS, and the Women's World Title of AEW, like, eight times. Yeah. But instantly gets the title in another company. It's like... Well... It's... It, that one was... She wasn't probably one. supposed to win that one, from all accounts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's be clear on that one. But she retained yeah. it. Uh, she, like, she had idea. it. So they didn't go off her too quick. So, you know. It, it's weird. It, it, it's a, it's kind of a common theme sometimes with AEW where the talent goes somewhere, gets the title, and then... Yeah. Uh, it's great. I really wish you know you're a ROH champion, you know? It's coming. Two belt, Eddie. We can get there. Hope. Oh, Three weeks. We gotta hope. We gotta hope, because... I mean, they're having proven ground matches every week on Ugh. ROH, I guess, so... And no they, they, challenger whoever wins those. I noticed. No, no. Against Athena or Claudio. Yeah. yeah. It. Yeah. 
<laughs> what's the point of having eliminator matches? Just have them just be random matches, or have them lose in tag matches to build up a contender. Do something normal. If I keep having to see uh, the Martin brother with Andretti like 18 times in a row, hi yeah. Miley. <laughs> we almost made it. We almost made it. She saw something outside. She saw something. She's giving us the roll call, the drum roll to end it. Yep, we're gonna wrap it up. But I'm gonna go to Bear Me uh, first if you're done there with with that stuff there. What's your thoughts? Yeah, tag in Bear Me. What's your thoughts with Eddie Kingston? Yeah, uh, quick quick thoughts. I'm really happy that Eddie Kingston won a title. Uh, I'm super happy for him. Hopefully, he does win an ROH in three weeks. I think he will if he gets another shot against Claudio. Yep. I'm happy Julia won against Willow because she's kind of a badass and we'll get her versus Mercedes Monet once she heals up. Seems inevitable. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yep. So I'm looking forward to both of those. And uh yeah, uh Eddie Kingston for ROH uh heavyweight champion. That's uh Hell yeah. world heavyweight champion. Let's get that let's get that going. So And uh Red went MIA, did say about forty five minutes. I guess that's it. We uh didn't get him for the full time. He disappeared off the face of the earth. We'll we'll find him though. We'll get him back for next time. As Miley will fill in maybe, I don't know. As she barks at the end of her. I almost got it. I almost stuck it in there. Uh, but this, again, is Top of the Card. Top of the Card pod on Twitter. Top of the Card podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts. Miley will bark it to you sometimes, too. But it's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on Google Play. There is also our Instagram, Frontline underscore prediction underscore league. And, of course, the Twitter, Frontline League. That's for our Frontline Prediction League. They all go through to the same Discord with the live event chat that just ended for Dynamite about uh, 10 minutes ago. Lots of fun stuff in there. Check that all out in our character chat. Our show's coming up. Put your picks in. There's lots happening for that. Also, lots of lots of work there. And SummerSlam's coming up. It all leads to that. And then Survivor Series and Rumble and Mania. And it never stops. So it's some crazy stuff. But uh, this, again, is top of the card. That is the show that I'm going to end with because that's what we're talking about here. This is Top of the Card Pod on Twitter. Like I said, follow it, like it, subscribe to it. It is all good. My dog is over here saying hi, so I will end it with her right now. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Top of the Card.